Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Once again, that's 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being, and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum, this is The Potential Podcast. In a world where two nerds run a podcast, and occasionally they get some awesome guests, this is one of those episodes. Welcome back to The Potential Podcast. Hey, Taylor. I can't believe it. It's February, and we're already getting our first guest of the year. I'm so excited. How are you doing? Yes, I'm doing well, man. It's crazy. I know we've talked about the new format of the podcast, and we said we're going bigger, better, quality over quantity. And uh, yeah, it's it's crazy that it's flown by already. I mean, January, wow. And um, I'm pretty pumped about this guest. Uh, we've got um, a very incredible person that you've actually had the pleasure of meeting in person. Yeah. And this guy that we've got on today, wow. Just looking at the credits alone, I was kind of really pleasantly surprised about how much this guy has done and how long he's been in the business. Yeah, I mean, he's been in the business now for sheesh about 15 years at least and uh he's a man of many talents he has a man of many voices and uh, we're very thrilled to have him on the podcast today so our guest today you know him as epic voice guy on all the social medias he's an actor a voice actor a content creator social influencer and stand-up comedian you would have heard his voice on all sorts of things commercials films Transformers. He was a Transformer in Bumblebee. If you've watched any of the Honest trailers, he's been doing that for several years, and he's been doing voiceovers and voice covers for so many projects. We're so thrilled to have him on today to talk about his career, voice acting, and all of that. So, get ready for our guest. It is 
John Bailey. Well, John, we're so excited to have you here on the podcast. Welcome, welcome. It's so good to see you. Thank you very much. And uh, it's been kind of fun. You have uh, popped over a few times to Beetle House, so it's been fun to uh, meet you briefly while in character. But uh, yeah, we're very excited to have you here today. And you have quite an extensive uh, voiceover career. And of course, for people that uh, might recognize you as the movie trailer voice guy from Honest Trailers, which has been a long-lasting channel, one of my favorites. I was curious to know, you know, I think there's there's people that get interested in acting, but then there's a, a unique skill set for those who really can do voices, voiceover work, but impressions as well. And you do all of that. What kind of was the, was it something when you were younger, maybe in school, or did you do theater? Was What was the thing that maybe inspired or got you hooked into, oh, I can I can do voices. When I was five years old, I accidentally swallowed a radioactive Optimus Prime toy. And thus, my origin story began. <laughs> there it is. It was very competitive of me. Um, my mother had told me that she could do a gro an impression of Grover. And I was like, I bet I can do it better than she can. <laughs> and I can do it's a Yoda impression. I'm like, that's just a dyslexic Grover. So, <laughs> Wow. Which is actually kind of funny when, you know, talking to people of your caliber who, you know, learning the process that everyone has done with, with voices that if you can do one voice, it kind of leads almost six degrees of separations of, of different voices. Just like, you know, they, it's kind of crazy to think that if you can do this voice, you do a couple alterations, kind of Pandora's box open up to like five other ones. It's crazy. That's right. We have open Pandora's box, Jake Sully. <laughs> there's a, there's a very... There's a lot of NPCs out there, let's be honest. There's a lot of, there's a there's a group of people that are all like similar characters, you know what I mean? The Brad Garrett, Chris Farley, mm -hmm. that have just that one voice, but they have like what Chris Farley said, they're at different volumes. You know, uh, Patrick Warburton, he's he's done a lot of characters, he's done tons of uh, animation on top of on-camera stuff, but he really just has one sound, he just varies that voice to make it different energies and different i mean it's just you're just taking with what you have and just altering it and then there's people like mockingbirds you know mocking jays can like sound mockingbird birds let me mocking jays over hunger gaming <laughs> uh there's gonna be a lot of references to every yeah, kind of pop yeah. culture here that's quite all right yeah. let it fly <laughs> some of these these birds can actually mimic mim mimic the sound of other birds and other other sounds that are not birds so we all know that there's there's creatures out there including ourselves that are capable of, of mimicry and imitation but there's a big difference between what i do as opposed to what a lot of like uh I, i'll give you an example you know who matt is it matt friend matt friend or he's he does uh he does matt a lot fine. of matt fine. Fun howard stern stuff he thinks he's the only guy that can do howard stern but let me oh yes yes do howard stern nobody cares that's the thing <laughs> He's not relevant for me, so I'm just like, go to town, do all the Howard Stern you want. Um, but he's a he's a he's a comedian, <laughs> primarily comedian. He's yeah. more like a uh, comedian slash on camera actor, and not what I do, which is considered a sound alike. And I think there's a big difference. And he's exceptionally good for there's the fact that the bar has been raised. It used to be somebody that was considered an impression person just did really fun like dana carvey dana carvey does not do great impressions mm -hmm. they're just really funny and frank caliendo also there's some impressions that he does that are not spot on sound alikes but they're hilarious mm -hmm. oh yeah there's others that sound very very similar and, and they all sound similar enough where you're like okay i know exactly who that is but then there's there's people who came up on through through youtube and through streaming where you have to put a picture of the character and write the character's name and do the voice and you're hoping that tricks the viewer's brain into thinking, oh, yeah, I hear Winnie the Pooh. Whereas anybody with an ear can hear without seeing a picture or reading any character to know who it is. They're going to know. If it's not, then you yeah. have to tell yeah. them what it is. So I think comedians use this kind of caricaturish version of a voice. Like when you go to the, the carnival, you go down to Santa Monica Pier, um, for those of you who are on the West Coast, and there's the guy who does the caricature artist and the over-exaggerated features and the giant head and the small body. That's like a thing. It's the same exact thing with the voiceover. And when I teach voiceover, this is one of the things I teach when they know more about what I do for a living, my big chunk of my career, which is ADR. Yeah. 
And I'm like, okay, well, take Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example. There's the the impression version out there where he's like, oh, come on, everybody, get down, get down, get down. And then there's the real version, which just sounds like this now. Like his real voice sounds exactly. There's a big difference there. All right, now you're sounding like a sound alike, not an impression. But everybody remembers mm -hmm. that that's that was Arnold Schwarzenegger doing Schwarzenegger doing a character in a film. So when somebody does this, they're doing that version. They're doing the yeah. they're not doing the talking version of him. Like he's he doesn't talk that way. All right. And same thing with uh, I had one in my head a minute ago. Everybody, everybody, ask somebody to do a Jim Carrey impression. Does one single person does do talk like this when they're doing Jim Carrey? I don't think so. They're doing this version. Hi there, how are you? <laughs> yes, always, <laughs> always. Yes, Ace Ventura. That's yeah. We we love Ace Ventura. So they're always quoting Ace Ventura, but it's true. That's, that's yeah, true. Well, it's funny you say that because that brings me back. Like John, I, when you're bringing up Dana Carvey and stuff like that, and it's actually funny because he's gone to admit, like he's like, I just do like I, he exaggerates it to a point where it probably sounded like that, but it gets like crazy and crazier. You think of his his presidents and like is Donald Trump, who is basically like Don Corleone with Regis Philbin. And it's just, he's like, I make him very thin. chapstick, okay, okay. You know, and it's like, <laughs> it's just funny to see that because I think you've just brought, you, like talking about Banders Box, you open this whole window to think like, you know, people who can do really good impressions, but then what you do, the ADR and the sound alike. And I think I've slowly, you know, I think Chris and I are learning more about ADR and how, how amazing it is when you find these niche uh, people like yourself who can do that as well and how great that is how they you know to get in someone okay we didn't get that line from say ryan reynolds which i want to talk about that you know with your experience with that um to okay we can't get him in we're going to get john bailey he's going to do just that little bit of dialogue and then the fact that you have that skill set oh we can get you in a second and then you're like oh yeah you know when ryan reynolds turns around i'm the voice of him in that scene that's like that's insane it's crazy yeah, that's that's kind of like pretty much spot on with how the business works, because I've even noticed that when I'm online, when I'm creating content, I'm doing impressions, not doing sound alikes. I'm doing very good impressions, mm -hmm. but even I can hear the difference between when I go online and, I, and I'm doing a, a Ryan Reynolds video. I'm usually doing Deadpool's voice. It's this sing-songy version he has. But when I get in the booth and I have to sound like Ryan Reynolds, it sounds like Ryan Reynolds is talking to whoever in is in the scene he sounds exactly because i'm i am a ninja i sneak in there i do the voice and nobody has nobody has me and most of the time it's usually temporary dialogue if you've ever been to la or live in the la area or probably in new york or atlanta any place where there's big movie screenings they do this thing called freepreview.com there's several other places where they give out free screenings to people and that's where you'll go into the theater and you'll see for example uh my kids and i went to see an early screening of the lego 2 movie lego movie 2 and there was a lot of temp voices in there in fact sometimes there was more than one voice actor for one character like you could they swap is more than once which usually the ones i've seen mm. they stick with one person you know they have that person re record all the way through and most likely especially with an animated feature for example the actors have not been brought in yet they don't want to that it's a lot of time and they're extremely busy or they're on set on location somewhere so they'll have somebody do adr to fill in all the blanks that just to, to kind of to kind of doctor strange foreseeing the future all the possible variations that could be done for these scenes and record everything out there and then you go through it with your main actors and they're like okay let, and then they re-record it very very rarely will anything that i originally did make it into the film sometimes it does and then there's other type of adr where it's literally mm. that's that's my primary job is to not be a sound alike per se but to be a be a background voice of some a character or whatever that you it's in the scene but you don't even notice for example uh this past year elvis um one of my longest scenes i'm i'm the the tv announcer that's talking about the uh the thing that went down with the, with the hell's angels at a concert while elvis is talking to the colonel which is played by tom hanks i'm in a scene with tom hanks the entire time wow playing the background that's so i'm cool. doing a sound like just being the tv announcer and so ADR is a very big umbrella that covers a lot of different types of jobs. Uh, anime is done with ADR. Animation is done sometimes with ADR. Very rarely is animation done the old school way where they have them record it first. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with all these computer, everything is so computer animated nowadays. So they really do have to. Cartoons still do it. Like with Animaniac, yeah. the original cast came in 
and they recorded the entire they recorded their entire scenes before it's animated and then they animated it to the to their voices that's the old school way of doing things but they still had some characters that they didn't have voices for so with me filling in for just those few voices the scenes were already animated i didn't record it ahead of time but I have booked, I can't talk about what it is yet, but I did book my first animated series. So oh, cool. if God God willing and the creek doesn't rise, um, and that goes to fruition when it comes out, as far as I know, that will be recorded the old school way where it's going to be recorded probably to animatics. There will be no animation to dub over, so that will not be considered ADR. That'll just be voice acting. But a lot of people just don't understand that it's not a flat piece of paper. It's a diamond. There's so many facets to it. Uh, for example, the one that you brought up with Ryan Reynolds for Detective Pikachu, I had recorded just a temp voiceover and then because they wanted to get it all of it nailed down and get the whole thing edited the way they wanted to, that way they could bring Ryan in as little as possible. And they they actually said like with, with this kind of project, the actors prefer it this way because it frees up their time and they're not losing they're gonna get paid the same regardless. I mean, they're making their money yeah. and and doing something and some other stuff and doing his commercial. I mean, he owns several companies, he does all his own commercials. He works very closely with maximum effort. That that group of is a very talented smart group of people that make really funny creative stuff all of his commercials are very creative all the commercials that they do not just for his own companies but for other companies are very cool um the mint mobile one with <laughs> satan satan dating you know then it was satan from legend the one with tom cruise it's the tim curry version of satan what i did not know was that that was ryan reynolds in that suit <laughs> oh <laughs> So he didn't do the voice for it, but he was actually, the, he played the devil. He did the prosthetics for that. But that was a really, because it was talking about how horrible that year was. And, you know, that the two of them got together. Uh, mm -hmm. 2020 and, and the devil. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. That was funny. Like that kind of thinking that out of the box, that's the way my brain has always worked. When we recorded for the Mint Mobile commercial, we were done in 20 minutes. Like I, I barely got to see him at all. We barely talked. I, I'm pretty sure I embarrassed myself a couple of times, but not... I didn't full on fanboy out either. I was more nervous about being on camera than I was meeting Ryan. Um, but he's a really, really nice, extremely down to earth, really cool, very gracious guy. And I was honored to work for him. It's always an honor to fill in for him. But I fill in for a lot of actors. And sometimes it's actors nobody even knows. Like, I don't know until I see the film. For Red Notice, one of the one of the guys that gets um, accosted in his office by Gal Gadot is was I did the ADR for his voice. I had never I don't have no idea who that actor is. So it's not always big celebrity names. Um, and I've been in projects where I'm literally not allowed to talk about it. Like I, I worked in Hawkeye and I can't say what I did. You can hear me in there, but you, you you'd have to be very good and have a very trained ear to know which character was me. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's so crazy. Like you can this is out now, but you cannot talk about who you were. But it's out now. Doesn't matter. I still can't talk about it. But yeah, for for social media stuff, it's all impression stuff. It's fun stuff. It's stuff that people feel like they could do too. And a lot of people do feel compelled to get a pat on the head, or you know, I don't know if they're trying to impress me or they just want validation or what. But a lot of people are like, "Oh, check, you do this one. Oh, I do this one too. I'll get. I even got a message this past week. I get several of these a day. This is these are the two types of messages I get. One is I want to be a voice actor. Please help me. That's the basic." concept and the other is oh you do voices uh, I, I do voices too and here listen to mine and i, I even got one the other day it was like oh he's like oh i heard you're you fill in the blank character here well i hear your voice and i raise you mine and then i get the same standard basic you know john i apologize of sending all three types of this message i was just really excited to meet you so i apologize in advance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just because I feel like I'm not helping these people do any better, but I'm also not this blunt, rude person. I am very blunt, but I try not to be rude <laughs> to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I will. I'll just as a joke, I'll say, Don't quit your day job. Uh, there was a guy this past week, and I literally replied back to him something to the effect of, I hear your Optimus Prime voice, and I would say, Don't quit your day job, or something like that. <laughs> just doing the voice, it's a softer blow. Because usually people that are just happy to hear the voice and they're getting they're getting interaction with me one on one and they didn't have to pay for it or anything and you know which they never do I've got a cameo you can you can hire me to say stuff I don't ever do it I just want me to dance, want me to dance for free <laughs> yeah well speaking of that voice I mean I do want to get into honest trailers that that is a channel that I I can't remember when I first discovered it but I have gone back to watch some of his videos over and over again. How did you get involved with that? And I mean, I guess it had to be a point where you discovered kind of the movie trailer voice guy. That channel, I mean, I think for those who really take into it, it's it's both like still being trailers, but some of the lines you guys come up with, I mean, 
the one that still sticks with me to this day, I think it was a Dark Souls video, because I do play those games quite a bit. And you you said something along the lines of like, these Japanese games are hard. Hard like having to cut a brick with your flaccid penis hard. <laughs> and I remember just I rolled over and I died. I some of the times those lines you say, they're so spot on. And I love at the end of all the videos. You do all these lines that people request, movie quotes, TV quotes, politician quotes, anything. But uh, tell us about your experience of getting into that and how that's been kind of a fun thing to do, Honest Trailers. Yeah, so I'm not the writer. Yeah. Uh, That's the mistake that people think uh, is that Honest Trailers is my channel and I create the whole thing. Uh, If you go back to the early videos, you can see that I had nothing to do with it and they have a full – it's a full TV show series thing. I mean, they have honest uh, commentaries, which they've – hardly ever invited me to to partake um <laughs> even though i do the voice so i'm just i'm not really part of the, the the crew crew i just do the voice for it and a lot of people have this misunderstanding that they hear the voice and they assume that that means that i write them that i edit them that i post them that i'm making all the money from it it's just a voiceover job okay get that out of the way uh when i first got the job it was from um i had to go back into my early origin story before time began uh no it wasn't <laughs> I first got into it from my older brother had played Pablo Francisco's uh, uh, little tortilla boy sketch. And if you're familiar with it, um, you can you, it's it's worth the Google. Uh, but it's basically he he can Pablo Francisco did a very funny movie trailer voice, but he kind of combined two different voices into the t- he, he combined how if you're not familiar with Hal Douglas, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of each so you can hear the difference. Hal Douglas was the guy that you heard things on like Cloudy with a chance of meatballs and the odd life of Timothy Green. And Don LaFontaine was the guy that was Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Videotrone, now available on VHS. <laughs> uh, he had that hard edge. Yeah. And he kind of, Pablo Francisco merged those two together to come up with Little Tortilla Boy. And it was just kind of weird that he did this amalgam voice. And when my brother heard that, he's like, I bet you can do this better than than these guys, this this guy can. I did my research. I just tried to figure out who those who was this guy he was talking about. Cause he kept saying his name was Don Don. And I finally looked him up. His name was Don LaFontaine. And then I found out about other movie trailer voice guys and heard Hal Douglas. And then I'm like, oh, I hear what he's doing now. He's he's morphed these two voices into one and he thinks he's doing a Don LaFontaine impression. Pretty funny, but he's 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 actually still doing that same bit 30 something years later. Put down my tortilla. His action movie Arnold was very impressive. And then when I did my research, we we saw the Geico commercial where Don LaFontaine was standing off to the side with the microphone, which is kind of like what Ryan Reynolds and I did with the Mint Mobile commercial. Is kind of it almost felt like an homage to that old school in a world where a car was totally underwater, you know. So that was kind of how I got introduced to those voices. And then I as I started finding out who they were, I started noticing a pattern. Like Mark Elliott was always the guy that did coming soon to own on Disney DVD. Just released from the Disney vault. He was like, it was the same voice coming soon to own on, on DVD or Blu-ray and DVD. He was always the guy that played it after the, da, 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 at the very beginning of every single Disney movie. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the, that's the family trailer guy. And then as time went on, um, the family trailer guy was getting, you know, booked more and more by Tom Kane, who's the voice of Professor Utonium and Powerpuff Girls and Yoda for a long time and um, Clone Wars and all the, the animated Star Wars stuff and in Admiral Akbar and, and some movies and in the, the rides at Disney World, Disneyland. So Tom did a lot of voiceover work. And I noticed him getting booked for a lot of those family-friendly trailers. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. You know, he just has that that very storyteller announcer voice. And I kind of started just imitating each one of these guys. And then there was there was Bo Weaver, who did all these weird super tonight on supernatural animal. He just had that very radio-y voice. In fact, I found out later on, because some of these guys are actually with my current manager and my agency. And I didn't know that until I was like, oh, wow, I'm... I'm with like guys I know, you know. Bo Weaver was actually the voice of Superman and the very short-lived Ruby Spears Superman from 1988 to 1989, which is the Superman that I remembered from my childhood. But I thought I had meant to affect myself because I never could find it anywhere else as a as an adult. I'm like, I remember this really well animated Superman show that was not the the WB animated version that you know I remember from the Batman era. Yeah. And then one day I was at Fye. And I found it on DVD. I'm like, this is the thing. And I, when I, I'm, as I'm watching through there, I'm recognizing major heavy hitters like Peter Cohen as one of the villains. That's the voice of Optimus Prime. 
He's like, I shall destroy you, son of Kalel. I was like, dang, this it was really high quality. In fact, that's what when I talked to Bo about it, because I, I was watching and I mentioned on Facebook. And he's like, Yes, everybody, for a short lived time, I was the voice of Superman. And they talked about how the they spent so much money on the budget making this a really high quality animated series, it didn't make enough money. So it got canceled very, very quickly. But that's how I remember his original voice. So I took Bo's voice mm. and Hal's voice and Don's voice and Tom's. And one that I haven't mentioned yet is uh, Ashton Smith. And you can tell Ashton Smith instantly because he goes down at the end of every sentence. He is what I call the trill, where he trills off toward the end. Um, and what's funny is he stopped doing that for a long time. And then I did on his trailers and I, and he started doing it again. <laughs> he actually reached out to me once on Facebook and I'm like, holy crap, that's the Ashton Smith. That's like the, the modern day Don LaFontaine after Don had passed away. And, uh, he was like, man, I keep seeing your name out there everywhere. And I just want to say you're doing a great job. It wasn't any negative thing. It wasn't like a competition kind of thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. But there was always this one group I wanted to be in. Uh, as I started doing my research, I found out that, and I doubt a lot of people even know this, Corey Burton, who everybody has heard if you've been to Disney, he's the voice, please keep your hands and arms inside the tram at all times. He's he's the voice that you hear when you're going down the Haunted Mansion, when you're when you're being lowered in the elevator. He he's everywhere. He does. He's he's also the voice that narrates Goofy and a lot of those those Goofy movies. But if you go way back in Corey Burton's career, he was the original voice of Shockwave in Transformers, the cartoon, which is my all time favorite character, who is the character I voiced in Bumblebee movie. Yeah. But what I did not know was when somebody was sending me a sample for a trailer that they wanted something in the vein of. It wasn't they wanted an exact sound alike for. They were like, we're looking for something like this. And they give you two or three samples of what they're going for. And I went to Corey Burton's website and listened to his trailer demo. And I did not know that Corey Burton was Grindhouse coming soon. The head guy. Wow. Yeah, he's like the Grindhouse voice. Machete. That's Corey Burton. <laughs> oh, oh. That's the voice of Shockwave. And the Disney ride guy. <laughs> and then I started looking into it. And I was like, oh, man, there's only like like maybe three or four guys that are cartoon voice actors and they're, and they're epic voice guys. They're like movie trailer voice guys. Peter Cullen. In fact, I bought the Lost in Space DVD solely because the trailer for it was on there. And it was narrated by the voice of Optimus Prime. Somewhere far from anywhere, someone is searching the way home dad where are we this summer i was like oh that's awesome <laughs> david k was the voice of optimus prime in transformers animated he was the voice of megatron in a lot of the anime you know the energon armada you know the 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 90s stuff that i didn't actually watch because i was in college um the late 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 90s early 2000s so I missed that group, but I knew that's what he he had worked on. But he's also a trailer guy. In fact, Ooh. he's the he's the voice for the Kelly Clarkson show. So it's very it was I didn't notice how small a group that was. Jim Cummings, that's another one I didn't mention. Jim Cummings also does a lot of especially game trailers oh, yeah. as well. Um, but Jim Cummings is a huge voice actor. He's one of the yeah. top. Oh, top. amazing! I mean, I, I had the pleasure of going to one of the. I'm I'm in Pittsburgh over here, so I had the pleasure of going to meet him at one of the cons here. And um, my my one brother Nick uh, is a huge uh, Winnie the Pooh fan, so for him to go to go see like that's the voice of Winnie the Pooh and, and everything like that. I mean, I mean, such a long credit of not just Disney, but like ever anything. It's like amazing. One of the the greats for sure. <laughs> and a lot of people consider him one of the greats, even though I still get a lot of flack for filling in for characters because I've been I've booked the voice of Optimus Prime for a lot of that, and I I've always just considered myself one of the primes, you know. Because I fill in for Peter Cullen or I do my own Optimus Prime voice for projects that I always double check that he will not do or is unavailable for. Or you know, he just basically says, I'm not going to do that, you know, for whatever reason. If he if he doesn't want to do it, then why not me? <laughs> you know? So Yeah, sure. Hey. That Jim Cummings is not yeah. the original voice of yeah. Winnie the Pooh. That's Sterling Holloway. Yeah. So it's not unheard of to have yeah. somebody, even way up at the top, that are doing you think Bob Bergen is the original Porky Pig? No. <laughs> that was Mel Blanc. They're, these actors are not here anymore. And I know there's a difference between the actors not being here and the actors still being here. There's also this, I mean, the celebrities have, have people fill in for them all the time and they don't have a problem with it at all. It's just part of the business. I just thought I'd throw that in there because I do get, that's that's one of the negative areas in my business where I get a lot of flack for um, filling in for certain actors or doing certain jobs. But, you know, once yeah. a character has been voiced by over a dozen people, 
it's probably yeah, it's probably few and far between of people that get really protective of a character. I mean, I was you know it, it, maybe in the terms of some people who yeah maybe the originator, but if they're still around. But I mean, it's very rare that people are like no, only I can do this character. Yeah. The, the originator, <laughs> all right. Everybody knows. Everybody knows the original voice of, of a character and the one that came up with it, and, you know, and the one that sometimes still does it, but not so much as anymore because sometimes it's just because they're not willing to work within the rates. And I get that they are who they are and that their age and their distance, and that requires a lot of effort to come all the way to a studio to record when you don't have your studio at home or whatever the case may be. <laughs> But you also don't even get the point where, well, if they're not going to pay me 50 grand, I'm not going. Even at 15, I mean, I'll be at this job professionally 15 years wow. next month. February 11th is my, like, Congrats. the date that I first booked my very first professional job. Wow. So I was still uh, I was still working at this job two years prior to that, but that was the date that I booked something. From that date, 15 years later, I, I know that every voice actor is replaceable. It's literally part of my job replacing voice actors is not the same as as wiping them out and they don't exist anymore i'm filling in for them i'm an understudy and people need to understand that that's that's a normal job in fact some of the people that complain about that type of job have done that job themselves like the the, the actors who do it and then go on uh go on podcasts or whatever and then they complain about actors that do it like oh well, they didn't want to hire me because i thought they should have done this or that but they got this other guy instead and gripe complain whatever sometimes they'll talk about it from a technical standpoint and they're that's totally fine and it's just like informational but some people get a little salty about it you did this job this is the job that you do and you didn't mention that you wanted more money so that's the reason why they didn't hire you so they're obviously going to hire somebody else and i'd rather it be me than some crappy intern going autobots transform and roll out or whatever the character is <laughs> <laughs> that'll be that'll be like wait that's that didn't sound right yeah that that'll that'll get the final cut autobots roll out but yeah anybody that's seen the original hercules goes bananas that was arnold schwarzenegger was dubbed over the entire movie yeah right yeah. The reason why Star Wars is so hugely successful was because they re-recorded the entire audio for that movie. And all of those actors were very, very good at ADR. And thank God, because it could have been as buck it could have been Buck Rogers bad. And instead it felt like it took up everything up to a whole nother they, they invented their own sound effects. They were very creative. That's the sound department gets major props and John Williams for making that franchise such a huge success. Because I feel without those two things. I don't think that movie would have done nearly as good, especially with the original audio on it. And thankfully, ADR has salvaged many movies. They're they're much better for it. And it's also it also helps people. It creates more jobs. You know, it gives people for me like that have children to take care of and and you know uh, uh, child custody payments to make. Uh, they uh, they need this extra income, and it also frees actors who are too busy mm -hmm. and. You know, they can't be, you know, when I film for Ryan Reynolds, sometimes it's because he's in Europe filming a film and he can't record the audio. Sometimes it's just a matter of time. They need to get this done at a deadline and there's no, they can't get a hold of filling one of the Chris's here. So they need this done within the day and they they can't get a hold of them for a day, a day or two. So out of time expectancy, they'll just have somebody like me do it. And, and everybody in the business understands. It's just how, it's how they get made. Yeah, because we get deadlines and stuff like that, so you, it's got to get out there. So we need to get the best best person for the job. And I want to I want to clear up one misconception. I I don't know how many other people in this business feel this way that do what I do, but I never came into this job wanting to replace anyone, wanting to be the voice of Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime was the seed. Optimus Prime was the seed. Uh, it was what. <laughs> like inspired me to become a voice actor as a kid. You know, it, I heard that voice originally on Voltron, and that intro, the Voltron Defender of the Universe. I was like, I want to, I want to be whatever that is. I want to be that voice that people pay attention. And I've got that job. Honest Trailers is that voice that people go, "Oh crap!" I did not. Exp you can even see it. That is a when, when if you watch the Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds and I, his face. That was a real reaction. I had only talked to him like this before we restarted filming. And when he turned on, they turned on the camera and he said, ready, John? And I go, ready in a world where such a, his, like, holy crap, I coming out of his face hole. And that was like a real reaction, not an acted one. And uh, a lot of people have that same face. So I, I did, I marked off that bucket list item. I did become that voice that people are like, wow, I know that voice. I've heard that in this. And it is a, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's really still just a party trick. I just happen to be a nerd in a really cool job that, Happens to work really well with somebody that likes nerdy stuff. And I still do regular stuff that I'm not interested in, like commercials or whatever. I, I audition 
dozen times a day like everybody else just whatever i they they send me and whatever i find audition for and i have to get you have to have a very thick skin in this business and be like I don't want to let this affect me. And I want to let it's like water rolling off a duck's, duck's back. So I can't let this negative stuff about you know, taking people's jobs. But I never came in this business to replace anyone. My my career goal was to work with these guys, not take over them. I did not go like, I want to be the voice of Optimus Prime one day. Mm-hmm. Bob Bergen has actually said in his origin story, I wanted to be Porky Pig one day. I did not. I didn't know. I wanted to work with Optimus Prime. I wanted to be some other character, some new character, a character that I came up with a voice for. You know, that was the goal. The animation is still at the top of my list. But uh, when I first came out, to get back to your original question, um, I found out about that trailer voice, and I started doing that on YouTube. And I had made a video where I did, um, I put my impression of Bo and Tom, all these guys I could come up with into one video. And I wrote my own trailer that that divided it up between genres. So each section of the trailer was a different, because I started noticing those voices were for a specific genre, like Corey Burton specifically did the Grindhouse trailer stuff. And Tom Kane specifically did the either comedies, you know, they were like the the Harold and Kumar type comedies, or they were the little kid movies. And I was like, oh, okay, so they hired this type of voice for this type of film. So I split this trailer into like five or six genres, and I did each voice, and I put on the screen which which voice was which. And um, the the odd the ironic odd part of this whole story is that both Honest Trailers and my first manager found me through that video on YouTube because and it only got like thirty thousand views and which is a decent amount back then I think that was just, that still wasn't a lot in my opinion there were still people getting millions of views for things so the, the manager came first uh, he found me online and says hey I think I, I it's insane that you do these these impressions of these movie trailer guys so well but he said a lot of people don't even know who these guys are let alone can sound like them but I think somewhere in there is your own unique trailer voice and I'd love to have my producer work with you and that's kind of how I found my first manager. And I, I originally, I thought it was some kind of ID theft scam because I was very skeptical about any. They were like, well, you need your checking nation. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So this is obviously, they just want my ID. And then I get a check in the mail for like my, I auditioned for them. Well, they sent me four scripts for four different movies. I auditioned for four of them and I booked three of them. And the only reason why I did, didn't book the fourth one is because I thought the movie Nine was a different, Nine. There's apparently two movies called Nine. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, I yes. I learned that the hard there's way. There's the the animated one, the Tim Burton one, and then there's the the musical. <laughs> yeah, I did too, and that's how I learned because I did it. I was I had I've got a computer animated dark dark action film about these little sackcloth creatures and souls and stuff, and I'm, it was the sex movie that I was supposed to be doing the trailer for. <laughs> So anyways, so that was the reason why I didn't book four out of four. And his booking agent came back and said, congratulations, nobody has ever booked this many on their very first try before. My manager, my boss would like to talk to you. And that's when they started needing all the info. This is probably a scam. And then I got a check in the mail, a really, really good check in the mail. And I'm like, okay, man, there's something to this. So they started working with me until I came up with my my own signature voice, which led to booking some some films that people actually know, not just the DVD, you know, Walmart bin stuff. Because I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I booked a movie that probably nobody's even heard of. If not for this one, I think it happened for this one reason. Because I believe everything happens for a reason. I, I feel I believe that that we follow God's guidance, that the Lord takes us where we're supposed to go. But if I had not booked the trailer for um, Never Back Down to the Beatdown, when I met Michael Jai White, I would not have had such a funny story to tell him. I was like, yeah, we actually work together. He's like, yeah, really? I was like, yeah. Never back down to the beat. He's like, oh my God. He's like, you're the guy who worked on my trailer. <laughs> so um, I booked a lot of that kind of stuff. But then I had booked something like Book of Eli or, you know, something that people have of. Mm. And that led to it. My original website kind of looked like an early Netflix. It was a bunch of thumbnails, which were the movie posters for or DVD covers for whatever film it was. And if you clicked on it, it would, if I had a link for it, it would take you to the YouTube trailer where, you know, I did the voice for it. Cause I'm, that way everyone, one of them had a demo on it. The honest trailers guys, when I went back to that first, that video that, that my manager found me on, I had updated the info on it, the about, you know, the bio. And I had added my website to it at that point and put my contact info. Cause I, at that point I was doing it professionally for at least a year or so. And then they saw that video too, and they clicked the thing. They're like, "Wow, you do this is this is what you do for a living." We, we were looking for a voice to do this thing. And they sent me their stuff, and at first I thought they weren't wanting me to do real trailers, which is my first mistake. Uh, so I apologize for their first trailer because I didn't quite understand the concept yet. I thought we were trying to trick people into thinking this was the real trailer, but it's actually a comedy. I thought it was like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they really just wanted to do a movie review in a funny way 
and I was kind of making fun of my own self. I'm good. So that we had a rocky start because we did Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter back to back. And with Harry Potter, my genius idea was to do it in the original Harry Potter trailer voice because I thought that's what they were trying to do was make people think this was the real trailer. So I did that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. That was the guy who did all those British movies. Because um, believe it or not, every country has their own epic voice guy. There's an there's a Mexican epic voice guy. There's a French epic voice guy. There's a Canadian epic. With every country's got their own epic voice guy. Um, and there's probably at least a beggar's dozen or more of guys that actually do trailers and promo stuff. But they always have that same kind of you know sound. And when he looked me up, he saw that I did it for real and offered me to come over there with them, said that they would help grow my YouTube channel, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, this might help me with my social media stuff. And uh, from that point on, you know, the rest is history. And I was the one that I even mentioned to them early on, like, oh, we should be doing games. So many of those are cinematic. You could just cut together the cutscene. Yeah. They're like, oh, we really don't have an audience for that. And then a few months later, like, oh, we're going to do honest game trailers. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> thought you didn't have an audience for that. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, there was one other thing. Oh, that was like, why aren't we doing other genres of movies? Cause I also do family trailer voices and I'm like, we could be doing Disney movies and stuff. And then they did frozen. And that to this day, that's that. In fact, we even made that joke in Deadpool two uh, honest trailer that we peaked at frozen. Um, cause they had like 27 million views or something. It went crazy viral. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Then we started doing horror, horror, horror. And then we did rom-com horror and tv and everything yeah so many things what, what's funny though is when we switch the voice specifically because we changed the genre of the film we still get that handful of comments like we want the other voice back i'm like that's still me dude <laughs> i'm the same guy <laughs> <laughs> i didn't go anywhere it's still my voice and now people catch on like oh crap john's just really good at voices in fact i still i every once in a while i'll get requests for the comments at the end we're like in such and such's voice and i'll do it i'll get a chance to do an impression or whatever but i prefer them to pick ones where they either misquote something in a really funny way or misspell something or miss grammatically wrong which and say it the way they wrote it because to me that's way funnier yeah this is why you should always double check your comments for typos because i will read it the way you write it that's funny <laughs> yeah i think it's a, it's a great channel it really is as the writing goes, the sole credit for that goes to the writing team. Uh, I'm not really sure how many people write on the show. I know Spencer Gilbert does. I know um, Max Song does uh, for the game trailers. I'm not sure. they. Ha I've heard that they have some other writers too, but those are the main guys. Um, I do some improvising. It doesn't always make it in. Uh, I always try to make it the best possible product by the end of it is po you know that that we can make. So I, I look for things that are redundancies and you know things like oh we just said this you know two seconds ago we maybe you think of another way to say that. Um, if there's anything that somebody missed or a type, I mean, usually my brain will just fill in the gaps if there's a typo or a grammatical mistake. But usually it's pretty it's pretty much as as it is by the time it gets to you guys. Every once in a while, some of my funnier bits are like game trailers puts a lot more of my improvs in is one of the reasons why I kind of like them better. Um, uh, my, one of my favorite jokes that I did was uh, for Destiny, the first Destiny game, was an even smaller version of Peter Dinklage. That was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, John, we really do uh, appreciate you being on the podcast today. You clearly... That's it? Yeah, we're going to... Oh. Yeah, I know. We could talk for hours, honestly, because I just love... I literally just love listening to hear you go from voice to voice to voice. You are, you're so good. But we're not, we're not gonna let you go just yet. We do have a few guest questions for you. Yeah, uh, we do a fun rapid fire kind of round, and just uh, these are just questions about you, so you should know the answers better than anyone. Yeah, no, no math involved. No math, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll start off with just a, now. This, this, these are some of these are broad questions, so like I know some of them are hard to answer because sometimes people like don't have it. But what's a uh, what's your favorite movie? Uh, favorite movie is probably still Shawshank Redemption. Yes. It's just a, it's just a well-rounded, really cool movie. Uh, what is your favorite TV series, TV show of yours? I could say there's, there's a few answers I could give, but they're, they're all different reasons. You know what I mean? Like Transformers was my favorite and looking back on it now, it was not the greatest show. It was a lot of, you know, animation mistakes and stuff in the old cartoon, or there would be a voice in the wrong place or, you know, stuff that nowadays you wouldn't, they, they, you'd rarely ever see anything like that, but it was the show that I grew up on. It was the show that inspired me to come up with, when I was a kid, I would take out my Fisher Price tape recorder and the, the coloring books that had a little short, really bad, usually really bad. Cause they were probably not even made by officially by Hasbro. There was like some knockoff, 
but it was like they would take pictures from the box art and the line art from the box art and some really sad little pathetic story they would write in it and i would act it out in all the different voices and record it on fisher price and then play it back and then act out the story with the humble beginnings but also kind of breaking yeah. bad's kind of one of my all-time favorite shows anytime i'm having a bad like i've allowed myself to have a bad week or bad day or whatever uh walter white's life makes me feel a lot better about my own <laughs> yeah, understandable <laughs> it was my very uh, i did the trailers for it it was one of my very first um um uh you know the the seasons on dvd in fact the final season or the final episode when it was live on amc um had two different trailers that i did the voice for so everybody that watched that last episode live heard me that night and i was like wow that's a lot of that's cool oh wow wow it was the box set but it was in a barrel and i was like that mm. and you open the side of the barrel and all the dvds were like or the blu-rays were like inside the barrel i think that's kind of cool that they that they packed. that was a great package that was a great thing about packaging cool. for dvds all the things that you could do with that yeah i remember seeing it went on sale a couple years later at Best Buy, and it was like only $13, $15. I'm like, that's insane. I'm getting one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, my all-time favorite show has got to be Community, though. So meta. Oh, yeah. It includes references wow. to all my favorite things, and it was my very first uh, professional promo that I ever did. Oh. Uh, so you actually heard my voice. The very first promo I ever booked. And now we got a movie to look forward to. Finally, six seasons in a movie. Um, But yeah, that's... I predicted that. My epic voice said six seasons in a movie. I prophesied it in the trailer for season three. It was you. See, yep. it was all you. Uh, what is a favorite video game or if you have a video game series of yours? Um, Current favorite, you... probably Transformers Beyond Reality, because I voiced every single Transformer in there except for Windblade. And uh, that was and, and all the all the male characters, basically. And then my friend Allison Packard, who's who my manager and agency is, she also is with them. Um, and we've known each other for a minute. We've kind of seen each other's careers grow up. So uh, she and I did all the characters for the whole game, and it's really cool. It's very one at Dave and Buster's, which I also worked on, but you cannot get a home version of that one. That one actually also marked off a big bucket list item for me um, because. Uh, one of my biggest goals, like I said earlier, it was not to replace Peter Cullen. It was to work. My my goal is very specifically to be a Transformers character alongside Optimus Prime, voiced voiced by Peter Cullen, um, in a professional official project of some kind. Whether the, I didn't kind of open ended on that, Bumblebee checked that off for me the first time with Peter Cullen because that that my scene is literally me saying. Decepticons attack, and then Optimus Prime says a line, and then Shock. My my characters kind of sandwiched around Peter Cullen's voice, and I filled in for him in that movie um, before they brought him in to record. And, and to be let's let's all be honest, it's the best Transformers movie they've made so far. Yes, it's the best one. I'm not prejudiced. I'm not biased. It's the even if I hadn't worked on it, it's the best freaking one they've made so far. It's not a perfect film, but it's pretty dang close. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? I got distracted. <laughs> Oh, the video game. Video games, yeah. It's a VR game, and I would much rather not be VR because that that gets to that. It's just the technology that bothers me, not the game itself. But the Dave and Buster's game is uh, I'm I'm multiple human characters, um, but I'm also Swoop. And if you played the VR game, so they have a VR setup in the, in the back of Dave and Buster's or the side, <laughs> and uh, I'm apparently boring my girlfriend. She's yawning. Um, they uh, depending on which seat you sit in is which character you you are with throughout the game. That's the part I didn't understand. It's not that you get multiple versions of the game. It's it's whoever sits in a specific seat. So some one time you might be with oh one time you might be with RC. One time you might be with uh, Swoop is the character that I was the the character that you're with. But you'll hear me in every version as the different voices in the background, like multiple characters in the background. But Optim not only is Optimus Prime voiced by Peter Cullen in that game. Frank Welker is Megatron in that game. So that checked off a really big bucket list item for me. Am I going to be able to get a VR sta station set up in my house? No, but, you know, because it's not like the arcade game on the floor where I can buy it one day, put it in my man cave, but it's still really cool. So um, the game, the, the Beyond Reality games on Oculus and on PlayStation VR, and it's very, very similar to that Dave & Buster's game. But if you get a chance to go play that, it's really cool. Um, and as far as, like, franchises go, I think maybe god of war i got into god of war around god of war 2 and i went back and played god of war 1 
But then I booked God of War four, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. And it won Game of the War, a uh, Game of the Year that that year. That's why. I almost won a Game of the Year this year too, but I didn't work on that one. Yes, yeah, so close, so close. Yeah, that's why I didn't win. It was because it was missing some Bailey. <laughs> three is kind of my number, so I'm just—I guess I'm doing top threes for all these answers. Yeah, Mario Kart might be my favorite favorite game to play. The 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 entire franchise from beginning to end. I was hooked from the very first game, and I still love that game. I was frustrated and 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 made me laugh oh. times. And many friendships were ruined. <laughs> I'm not a Smash Bro. I'm a, I'm a Mario Carter. Well, I think Mario Kart brings more people together. It not only frustrates and divides, but also brings people together on multiple generations. So. <laughs> <laughs> whether you're just spinning in circles or going the wrong way or blue shell in your way to greatness. It's, yep. um, so obviously, you know, this is a very nerdy podcast and you have um, quoted saying you are a nerd. What would you say your nerd level is on a scale of one to 10? One being not so nerdy, 10 being ultra nerd. I would definitely be a five. I'm right down the middle. I'm not super, my girlfriend Hunter, she's so freaking, mm. she is like <laughs> comic book, like she knows every comic book thing, things that I'd never knew before. And I never really got into the comic books of one. My mom had a very strict policy against comic books because of the way that the women were dressed and bosoms and things. And it was a super conservative household. Uh, she even like cut up some of these white labels, you know, the white labels you use for yard sales. She cut up a bunch and it was the only transformer, the only comic book, either one of my brother, or I got was transformers. And one issue had a character called circuit breaker who had this like, metal magneto kind of thing going but with like electric tape covering all our parts up and it was still pretty conservative like it because it was transformers it wasn't really you know a teen comic was more of a kid comic and uh she went in the book and like put culottes on <laughs> oversized oversized like squirts on and and tops on every single picture she was in with with the stickers and she's like and when he got home he, she goes i fixed your comic book she's like she had gone in his room and <laughs> So he went down to the store and bought another one and he just hit it because so, she ruined the first one. Um, so yeah, I didn't. And, and also because money, like we were dirt poor. I didn't have the money to buy a bunch of different comic books. And my brain had, because I'd read one comic book where it was like, as seen an issue, such and such of, of this book. I'm like, wait, do you have to have buy multiple books to get the whole story? That's how they get you. That's how they get you. So I was like, no, I'm not falling for your scam. I'm not buying a bunch of books I can't afford. So I waited till I was a grown up and all the stories were finished and I got the graphic novel, which includes all the books you need to finish the whole story from beginning to the end. So, uh, yeah, um, she's got infinite comic, comic knowledge, but I've got mediocre movie and game knowledge. Like I know a lot of the prod, you know, and she also knows anime more than I do too, but I like anime. I just don't know specifically what's, I know Annie Washa, I know, uh, Cowboy Bebop, I know Naruto, I know, you know, I know the main ones, but that doesn't mean I know intimate details about all of them, and including my favorite franchise, which is Transformer. I have more knowledge about that than most, but I still don't have like level 10 level knowledge where it's like, oh, in episode number 37, you can see that Soundwave is clearly Autobot symbol on his shoulder in frame 3742. I'm not quite. No, I'm, in fact, it took me going back. I don't, this might be a spoiler alert. I'm sorry. This movie's been out for a long time. But in searching, if you go back and rewatch the movie, and there's an entire other story going on in the background. And usually I catch stuff like that, but it totally like, oh crap, there's an entire other movie. There's an alien invasion going on in the news, the entire movie. And you don't notice it because you're so sucked into this guy finding his daughter. <laughs> and like on the level of nerd where I, I caught that the first time through, I, I feel like I'm a little high, you know, I'm not a three, I'm not a four, I'm, I'm five. I'm, I'm yeah, right down the middle. Solid right five. Right down the middle. Walking the line. We love that. I think I have the best illustration. I'm free guy. I'm that character that can kind of be in any franchise. Uh -huh. And and I'm just the average. I'm just guy. I'm the guy. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> well, my last question for you is, this is I'm going to put it this way, being that you are a man of many voices. We usually like to end our guest questions with, do your best impression. Either will you consider your best impression or your favorite impression? Um, that's a tie and I've already done both. <laughs> it's a tie between Optimus Prime and Ryan Reynolds because they're both really fun. Um, there's a few honorable missions, excuse me. Um, like Seth Rogen's always a funny one. Um, in fact, I, I, I have updated, I don't know if this Dana Carvey is ever going to hear this or not, but I have updated his joke. Uh, he used to have this joke about Audrey Hepburn sounds like somebody trying to warm up a car. That's it's when it's really cold. Uh, ha, 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 you know, 
I've updated that to that's um, Seth Rogen's laugh as a car starting up in the cold. <laughs> Places are fun to do. Just walk, Christopher Walken's a really fun one. It's wow, wowie wow, Chris Taylor like the script. It's so it's wow, it's epic. <laughs> it's so out of there. A lot of people don't realize. Yeah, this voice is so multifaceted. You take your time and you know put your pants on one leg, and like the it rest sounds of like this. I prefer. The nice old guy. Love it. Old walking. Yeah, the gravelly voice. The old walking. Yeah, we keep we keep saying we want to we want to get the we want to get him in the Walking Dead, and it's called the Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, I had that joke a long time ago, and then my idiots in the comments were like, "Somebody already made this. Somebody already made this joke, dude." <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, man, you're so awesome, and we really appreciate you being here today. Obviously, people they don't know already how to follow you on Instagram. You are epic voice guy. So definitely go check him out on all the socials because I do think you had some great content. I've really been enjoying recently your uh, J. Jonah Jameson videos. I've been uh, really making me laugh. And you do that voice spot on. So, uh, And it's fun, I think, for the people that, again, with voice acting, to actually get to see your face. I mean, obviously, when you're in the Deadpool suit, uh, can't see your face. But uh, you do a lot of videos where actually you can see your face doing these impressions right there. So I think that's a lot of fun to check out. Yeah, I kind of just mainly do um, fun, positive, funny kind of stuff. And my girlfriend's content, boss, ditch, like the kind that you dig. Um, she also does like positive, inspirational stuff too. So I think we make a really freaking great team because funny and uplifting, man. I feel like that's what the world needs more of. Oh, yeah, come on over. I mainly do stuff on Instagram and uh, YouTube shorts and TikTok, which I'm with a, a few hundred away from yeah. reaching... 560,000 followers on TikTok, which is insane. So, you know, those, yeah. Um, and also, uh, over a hundred thousand on Instagram. And that's, that's, I feel like that's my favorite place to make content for is on Instagram. Um, because I feel like a lot more people are seeing it a lot. There's a lot more engaged. People seem to be enjoying it. And I started just to do what I've always wanted to do and just do more of just being myself instead of having some kind of strict schedule pattern or whatever, whatever. So, but I do, I do try to keep it within, in the nerd community. So you're not going to see like how to build a table <laughs> or how to tie a tie. on. Thank you, John. Thank you, John, for being here today on the podcast. It was such a blast. It really was. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Until that day, until all are one. This is the Epic Voice Guy signing off. Don't forget to follow whatever this podcast is called because I forgot. To <laughs> uh, that was the best. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks, is- thanks, John. <laughs> that was so good. Well, you could tell, Taylor, from that, that uh, just as you and I are people that when we love doing impressions of voices, we just keep switching back and forth. That man has so many voices and he can do so many things and ping pong around. It'd be fun just to do a challenge round, or just, you know, sit him in a corner and go, all right, you got to do 15 voices in one minute. And he would do it fine. He's he's a, he's a ball. He's a lot of fun. And what I love, too, is he, yeah. him kind of going like, He's not really a nerd nerd, but he definitely has worked so much in nerdy stuff that I think he's just kind of taken that on. Kind of like osmosis. Like it's just because he's incorporated his voice and his talents in so many different uh, nuances of pop culture entertainment, you know, from Transformers to, you know, cinematic trailers themselves. I think he's just... Yeah, we, 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 and we've had a lot of guests on who, who do uh, voices, but from him going back and forth, it was, I mean, half that, you know, interview, <laughs> having him on, we were just laughing, and uh, I was like, oh, what was the question again? So, yeah, um, really enjoyed having him on, and it was really cool that, you know, you've got to see him at, you know, Beetle House and whatnot, and, uh, you know, the fact that he has continued to diverse himself, and, uh, uh, sorry, he's continued to diversify himself and to continue to be so active and busy in his you know 15 years of a career like wow like it's but just what a what a fun guy uh literally could not stop laughing could wish we could have had him on for hours it was just it was nuts yeah it makes me wonder like realistically he has so much potential with so many different projects moving forward and again i love the idea that there's there's definitely still a lot of goals and uh you know things he liked to check off his list uh, but, uh, man, what a great guest. And again, we thank you, John, for being on the podcast today. Uh, looking forward to the next time I spot you around that uh, 
that town we call Hollywood. Uh, but thank you for listening today, folks. We hope you had a, a good time with us. And uh, we got some more big guests and some fun surprises coming up later this year on The Potential Podcast. So stay tuned. Coming soon to a podcast provider near you, I think. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.